Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Yeah. What's happening, bud? Not much. I'm pretty excited about the Wabakimi trip. It's uh, the boys, so we have a little uh, messenger group, and uh, we're counting down the days. Yeah, it's like, what, a couple days now? Yeah, a couple days. Two days? Two days, something like that? (laughs) No. (laughs) You're leaving on, what, Saturday? About a week away, Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm a week ahead. I'm I'm going away this weekend. (laughs) I knew somebody was going away this weekend. Yeah, this long weekend and uh, the next weekend after that. Wait a minute. Are you here next week? Yeah. I think you're not. But I'm gone for two after that. Um, I didn't think you were recording with me So when we, the episode that's going to air on the 4th, I'm here for. Oh. All right. That's awesome. But the next two weeks after that, I'll be missing in action. I'm a whole week ahead then. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. When you're talking about recording extra for episodes, I thought you were trying to catch up for two weeks down the road. No. (laughs) All right. This is awesome. That's awesome. Cool. No, I thought, for some reason, I'm thinking you're gone next week. I could take next week off. So could I. (laughs) We shut down for the summer. You, we've talked about that. I don't know. I yeah. kind of like doing this. Yeah. I've been on every single episode so far. I know. Can't well, break my streak. I can't run the equipment, so you won't teach me. It's it's like a job protection measure. I job think. protection, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, what happened last week's episode? I don't know, but Derek burnt the studio down. <laughs> He's, I think his last words that were actually recorded were, what does this button do? <laughs> what was what, what, uh, what do they say on on uh, on the monkey movie? Damn you! To, what is it? When he's like when he finds the uh, he realizes it's Earth, and he sees the statue. Of oh, Liberty. the Planet of the Apes movie. Yes, that's oh. what I'd be saying as I as I walk <laughs> off into the sunset after I burn the studio. <laughs> Damn you to hell! There goes Derek, never to be seen again. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I'm going away this weekend. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. That's it. Planet of the Apes. Not called the monkey movie. No. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Isn't that Charlton Heston? Yes, yes. Yeah. He's the one that screams it. Yeah. The non-monkey guy. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Car- I'm comparing myself to Charlton Heston. <laughs> okay. Just hang on. We are not that hard up for content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your, you know what, before we talk about your Wabakimi trip, let's talk about the Arctic Cowboys. Ah, yes. We took a little road trip this weekend. That was awesome. It was really good to... You know what, it was a lot of fun. It was. We, um, so, as we've talked before, West Hanson, Jeff Wiesty, Rebecca Feaster, they're the Arctic Cowboys, they're heading up to paddle the Northwest Passage in one season. Never been done before. Nope. Not by kayak. Nope. Um, they, they have, people have tried it going from west to east and everybody always gets about two thirds of the way and then they run into the ice. Yeah. They're doing it from east to west. To me, that would seem the logical It does. Because when you choice, go right? west to east, you end up in a northerly latitude. Yeah. And so, so you're, it's there but, first. but as you hit the end point or nearing the end point, winter's coming. Mm-hmm. Winter's starting to lock in. Ice is starting to build up. But if you are heading east to west, as you hit start hitting winter again, you're heading south yeah. towards Tuck. So the cold weather is chasing you. Yeah. You're not trying to beat the cold exactly. weather. Yeah. So I, I don't know why no one's ever thought of that before. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, reasoning Maybe Maybe what the reasoning is is because the ice breakup is a lot earlier they're trying to, in Tuck Tiaki. Yeah, they're trying to get start with the ice breakup and then f- hopefully beat Freeze up, beat the freeze up. I, I, I've always thought that was the wrong, mm-hmm. wrong way to do it. But yeah. so we'll find out if I'm right. If West <laughs> and his crew are able to to do it, then I'll know I was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think West was right. No, he's a smart guy. He's yeah. uh, He's got a good plan. So we we drove to Ottawa. Uh, they were they were there for a few days for a layover. All they got all their gear together and sent up to Pond Inlet. Uh, so we thought we'd uh, zip on to Ottawa and uh, meet up with them for the day. Yeah. Uh, since they didn't have a vehicle. 
Yeah, they were uh, they were laid aside. They were waiting for flights, and uh, they had nothing to do. And uh, yeah, so we we t- we made the offer to come and see them and uh, bop them around some if they yeah. needed some last Chauffeur, minute things and stuff. stuff. So we did the shoppers drug mart and yeah. whatnot. And uh, then there was the whole Crocs incident. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. we found if, a Crocs <laughs> You say you need Crocs, but they're not at Walmart. I just put Crocs, Ottawa. Apparently, there's an outlet in the Byword Market. Yeah, it was really Crocs. close to where we were, yeah. yeah. So we zipped over to the Crocs store, and all of us are standing there looking at this big sign that says Crocs, and we're all like, I don't think I've ever seen a Crocs store before. <laughs> <laughs> and Crocs uh, are not as cheap as one would think. No. No. I've only bought the rip-off copies of Crocs before. They're not Crocs. I don't know what they were, but they were Cramps. Like, yeah, they were like, you know, eight bucks or something. Yeah. I think that's what most people get. Yeah. Uh, I I have never had a pair on my feet, nor do I ever plan to have a pair on my feet. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, anyway, but me and Crocs have a hate relationship. Oh, yeah? I like yeah. them. Yeah. I, I wear them. Well, I wear them camping. I take them camping with me. I wear them in the backyard doing gardening. I've only ever, that I can recall, once wore them in public, and that was because I was running around doing stuff in the yard, and I had to go get some stuff at Home Depot, and I was in Home Depot, looked down at my feet, is like, oh my God, I'm wearing Crocs in public. What have I done? Did you get a beat down? <laughs> no. Did people come up? Were you kicked out? Of, Nobody said anything to me. Were you kicked me. out? <laughs> Nobody said anything to me. But I do try not to wear them, not to wear them in public. Especially with those black socks with the little garters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's Derek strutting the neighborhood. Yeah. That's, that's going to be you when you grow older, My man. socks have suspenders. You're going to have socks with suspenders, a pair of Crocs, a pair of shorts, with the shorts pulled up around yeah. almost to your nipples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a bow tie. A collared shirt, bow tie. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be you. Not just a around. collar shirt, just like a uh, like a golf shirt. Yeah, yeah, well, with a bow tie and a bow. Tie. Not a button-down shirt. That's too proper. <laughs> yeah, it's all going yeah. halves. You got to keep it casual. Sound, I'm having a picture of Urkel in my head right now. <laughs> I'm going to see anything, <laughs> Derrickel. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we took him around, and uh, then we uh, went for. Apparently, it's not faux; it's fa. Huh. P-H-O is pronounced pho. Oh. So we went to a Vietnamese restaurant. There's a little squiggly line on lunch. top of the O. I guess that makes it an A uh, instead of an O. Hmm. Well, anyway, so we went and had soup. It was pretty decent. We chit-chatted about uh, paddling stuff and got to know each other. We had never met Jeff and Rebecca before in North no. US, met us. Well, we never met West either. But we've talked to him a couple of We talked of times, to him. On the, so. Yeah. And uh, and we took him to uh, do some sightseeing. We took him over to Hull to see uh, things from the Quebec side. And chased some geese. Yes, yeah, 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 that was fun. Saw the Parliament buildings from the back and that sort of stuff. I'd never seen the Parliament buildings from the back before. Really? I'd never seen that. Oh. Well, if we'd been able to go over that other bridge and do all our parking. Yes, the got bridge that nice closed. Little, little view. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they're doing a bunch of, uh, well, they're, they're digging something there. They're digging a giant hole in front of the Parliament. So on the lawn where everybody where gathers for concerts. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's where the, yes, in that hole. <laughs> they're going to ship it in. And <laughs> they, they, they had to take a big hole because they, the other hole was filled. So they're going to fill this hole with money now. And But anyways, it's security measures. There's going, they're, they're building secure underground compound with uh, hallways between all of the different houses of parliament and all the outbuildings and that this, that, the other thing. Just so people don't have to walk outside and get attacked by nut bars, right? <sighs> I think that should be part of the job description. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we, we couldn't get there. But then when we came back over to the Ottawa, to the Ontario side, Rebecca had these, I don't know if she had credits for these scooters. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She had, the day before, she had tried to rent a scooter, but she bought too many credits. Oh, is that what it so was? So she needed to use them up. And uh, so then she rented five scooters for all of us. Yeah, and we went... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's Rebecca, who's what, like 30-something? Yeah, something And there's like all of us that are in our f- mid to late 50s, yeah, or Jeff, yeah. who's what, in his early 60s. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all zipping around downtown Ottawa on these scooters. Like, trying not to get run over by buses. Yeah. And, wow, well, I almost took out a bus. I almost took out somebody on a rollerblade. I think the bus would have taken you out. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> if I had my way. The bus would have bounced right off you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we were on these scooters bopping around. That was pretty cool. And then we ended up, uh, when we parked them, there was that, uh, there was a pub right there. So, we said, oh, let's go in for a beverage. Yeah. And, and uh, we'll talk some more. And we figure we'll go in for about an hour yeah. or so. And it's got to be about four or five hours later. I think we're in there for A couple four of beverages, hours, yeah. dinner. Yeah. You name it. And, uh, had to call it a night. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was yeah. an, it was a late night getting back home. Oh, that wasn't a late oh night. That was a really early morning. <laughs> um, yeah, because we were home, I think, 3, 2.33 in the yeah. morning. I was, around, I was home around 2.30. Yeah. Around 2.30. 2, yep. 2.30. And you know what? Great paddling uh, conversations. I uh, talked about their, their expectations, their concerns, mm-hmm. and the excitement of the Northwest Passage Expedition. Uh, talked about the water safari, the Texas water safari that they've done. Yeah. And there's, Wes is telling us, you got, we got to come down and do it. He's, yeah. 250 <laughs> miles in hot Texas yeah, heat. With the bugs and the gators and. <laughs> Sounds fun to me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Kill me now. It's, I think what would bother me mo- the most is, is working that hard to do that trip in the heat. Was we're not oh, it would, we're yeah. not acclimated. To it, it would be the heat that gets us, yeah. right? I mean, they say you got to make sure you're drinking water. Yeah, like I'd have an IV tube in each arm. <laughs> one of those one of those helmets, you know, where they yeah. have the beers on yeah, the side yeah. of the heart. It's just <laughs> yeah, just with water, man, directly in, right? <laughs> uh, he's talked about that. Uh, talked about their concerns about the the passage, and basically, it comes down to it. They're only they only have three concerns: ice, weather, and polar bears. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. There's, I mean, realistically, for all the things yeah. that can go wrong on an expedition mm-hmm. like this, there are only three main concerns. Yes. The rest of it is all, mm-hmm. you know, what, all, what, what does Wes say? Opportunity for growth. Yes. <laughs> it's an opportunity for growth. Yeah. I like that. And uh, yeah, they're, they're talked about that and, you know, um, the permits they have to have and stuff like that. So they flew up Monday. They're getting all their gears. They, well, they got all their gears sorted. So it's all ready to go. They're getting the final final permits. They have to do their hour and a half required training regarding camping in the national park uh, with a unloaded locked firearm. Mm-hmm. So they they have to have a, a shotgun or a gun to, for polar bears. Yep, it's protection. But when they're paddling, it has to be unloaded and locked. The ammunition is stored separately from the weapon. Yeah. So it's that kind of threw us for loop. It's like, like what? Well, and that's when my my suggestion was that West tells Jeff to go stall the polar bear. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff. Well, West pulls out the gun, gets the ammunition, all ready to go, and then you know, <laughs> go teach that polar bear the cup song while I load this gun. Yeah. It's like oh. <laughs> dazzle him with daring, <laughs> make seal noises. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it looks like Friday is their launch day. Yeah. So I guess it was when he was talking to us, they were hoping to launch on Wednesday, but you were saying that they said that there's, there's supposed to be some big winds heavy, coming heavy in. Winds, so they're going to wait out the wind. And then yeah. hopefully it's done and they can launch Friday. Because their first leg takes them out into open water and they don't want to be caught out in the, in the wind no. on open water. Well, not when you're first getting accl- acclimated yeah. to yeah. to the yeah. area and everything yeah. and knowing what's what and feel your gear and how it's, yeah. how it's riding in the Once they the get boat. their sea legs, it probably wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But So uh, they, they are going to have a link posted to their tracking page. They're not posting it and starting it until they're actually yeah. on the water ready to go. But when it is posted, we'll uh, put it on our social media and whatnot. Uh, we were talking to West about seeing if we could, at some point, he'll give us a little ringle on the yeah. uh, sat phone. So it be similar to what John Van Bigger did when he was on his Yukon journey. Yeah, I was testing uh, testing some hookups there, and I think uh, if he gives me a call on my cell phone, we should uh, be able to record pretty good. Beauty. So we'll see what happens there. But here's fingers crossed. So hopefully uh, the Arctic Cowboys there. Yeah, I hope you guys are all getting ready to go and things work out well. Yeah, be fun. A little jealous. That'd be cool. Good really luck. Cool Fair winds, following seas. Yeah, what you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, however, are going to Wabakini in apparently two weeks now. I'm still. I'm. I'm still thinking you. Somebody sixth. So we uh, early morning on the sixth, which is Saturday. The sixth of Saturday. So you're here to record next week, then? Yeah. 
I don't it's have the to be. Two weeks. I don't have to be here next week. Yeah. No. No. That's fine. I can take an extra vacation. I'm thinking because we're we're now apparently getting our bathroom done. Oh. At the last couple weeks of August, so I think that's sort of what messing Three our off. times up. So yeah. Uh, you are participating in the fourth edition of the Burt Reynolds Memorial River Run. Yeah, I don't know whether we should be calling it the fourth or the fifth, because the fourth got canceled because of low water conditions. We're supposed to do the Missinabi down to Moosonee Moose Factory. Did you do it? No. Well, then but this it was is the fully fourth. planned. It was ah, planned. It doesn't matter. We were geared up no for it. No pictures. It didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Call so, this one fourth and a half? I, I guess. I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> yeah, it's the 4th. <laughs> August, yeah, August 6th to 20th. See, I'm thinking next week's already. Yeah. Anyway, six paddlers and a dog. Mm-hmm. Two vehicles heading north? Or are you taking three? So. I know Mike's coming to your house. This yes. Night. So Mike, Martin, and then we're going to pick up Scott. So that's one vehicle. And then the other two guys are driving up in their vehicle. Okay. Right? Couldn't fit six in Mike's car. Wouldn't work. Truck. What's wrong with the <laughs> so they bed? Could, what's wrong with the bed? Bed of the truck. Just throw a couple <laughs> mattresses down. <laughs> We've been discussing that. It's like, you know, I could lay down in the bed. And oh, where would the third <laughs> canoe go? Oh, no. It's going to be up on the roof rack. You need three canoes. Can Mike fit three canoes in his? Why do we need on his three truck? canoes? The other two boys are bringing their own canoe in their car. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh. All of you fit in oh, one yeah, yeah, vehicle. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, you just stack them. Clamshell them. <laughs> or put them on sideways. Lots of room that way. Oh, yeah. A little bit of drag <laughs> Yeah, a little wind drag. You have to be careful how close you get is. to transport trucks. It is what it is. <laughs> You're flying out of the outfitters up there. Yes. Um, park and fly. Otter with four people and two canoes. Mm-hmm. And the beaver with one canoe, two peeps, and a doggo. Yeah. So you and Mike are going in the beaver and... I guess, yeah. Yeah. Rugged landscape with rapids. Lots of class ones. Uh, Mike says there's dozens of class ones, a bunch of class twos, and some class threes. Yeah. But they're all short length. So the class twos and threes are very short. So if they... Now, we learned on the... When we ran the Noir River two years ago... That it's, uh, don't want to do too long of a run with the dog on board. Because well, that's, yeah, yes. I chat with Mike and he says if there's, if they're too long, they'll, you guys will line, mm-hmm. line them. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. So which, which, yeah. So that's a good plan because it's, uh, it's, poor Willow. The last thing you want to do is lose Willow in a, in a, in a whitewater, right? Mm-hmm. So, so she'll be fine on your little short class threes and stuff. And if, if anything's too, too difficult, then we'll line it or portage around it and whatever. Yeah. Bring in your fishing gear? Absolutely. Should be some good So in Wabakimi, I'm now, this is just me thinking. It's like, well, it's hard to get to. Most of it's flying area. There's not too many people are going to make their way into the backcountry. Like not as many that you'd see in like Algonquin, uh, Tobamore. Oh, yeah. You know, Clarny. uh, So it's, uh, I think there's going to be some good fish there. Hope so. Mm -hmm. Better take pictures. (laughs) We need pictures of your trip for our Social media. Well, I hadn't planned on taking any pictures. What? <laughs> What's wrong with you, Why boy? I take pictures. Because. Because <laughs> I said so? Well, we both know I won't post about it. But I'm sure the boys No, will. you can throw some uh, my way and I'll put them up. There you go. I can do that. Yeah. Uh, you apparently, you're bringing tons of food again? No. Uh, really? It's all freeze-dried. Wow. I've been trying to talk Mike and I said, Mike, let's bring some steak and chicken for the first two nights. And well, that was his comment about uh, Derek's ton of food and, and this kitchen sink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're we're really uh, we're really trying to cut back because we're trying to go with only two packs. So there's more Each room. Or total. Total. Oh. Because. Yeah, he said you guys were pairing it down to a 115 liter pack in a barrel. Yep. And then a couple day packs just yeah. for like. Booze. <laughs> well, no, for first aid kits and and just stuff, the daily use stuff. Like. Oh, I'm pretty sure Mike said booze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much booze we're going to bring. Just We're trying to go light. And for the most part, it's trying to save space so that Willow can have her little spot to lay down in. Yeah. So it's like doing a lot of work and accommodating for, for Willow. But Willow's a good dog to have along, so I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's going to be hard getting it down to two. Oh, absolutely. Packs. Well, there's going to be four. There's going to be two day packs. Yeah, but still, I guess uh, I guess five. I guess two. So Willow's going to have her pack, right? She's going to carry her, her eleven food. or twelve days worth of food and snacks and stuff. And then I'm going to have a day pack with random stuff like what you know, just like GPS and first aid kit and bug jackets and you know the stuff that you want to grab quick. Water bottle, water bottle, or, yeah. a, a tarp, and whatever. It's just, so realistically, it's a pack, a barrel, and another pack, but the other pack is two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, broken into two. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That should work. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, we were planning on only freeze-dried food and snacks and whatever. But, uh, yeah, we're going to try and go super light. See, we always do the fresh food for the first night. That's what I'm used to. Top two. But we're because, well, so this is another thing because it's such a long drive up there. We've decided against doing fresh food for the first night because we usually have a big steak and potato and whatever, right? So I do my little, it's like a big tray with like peppers and onions and, and mushrooms and, you know, potatoes and all kinds of stuff, right? Beans. And full already. <laughs> so this is usually a, one of those uh, serving aluminum trays covered in aluminum. So you just bake it and then all that stuff layers right. down with like salt, pepper and balsamic vinegar and butter and mm, garlic. And you feeds 20 people. <laughs> it usually does. It's usually yeah. a big feed, but uh, because it's a long drive, there's, there's a, uh, it's hard to keep stuff fresh for the 12 hour drive, right? We're going to be, pretty long so what we decided yeah. is we're gonna eat at a restaurant the night before and the next morning before we go there's a little kitchen place in town we're gonna have breakfast there so Lush no, no barbecued meal Although, but then that first that next night that's when everything would start thawing right i know that's For what i was the thinking night. yeah and then it's gone mm. right off the bat it can be a day pack food item so yeah, you know, i've wrapped this steak is where before. you guys do things differently how's that I would be leaving the night before mm-hmm. to arrive for first thing in the morning and immediately fly. Oh, so we're getting in. We're going to have, we're going to be in in the evening and we're going to sleep. And next morning we're going to putter around and we are, we don't fly out till two. And uh, so we're going to go into town and relax and enjoy the sights and figure out what town's all about. And then, uh, and we had till two to catch the flight. We had debated uh, on bringing the the flight earlier, mm-hmm. but everybody sort of, I can't remember who said it, but it was a couple of us came and said, it's like, well, you know, if there's any complication, why don't we keep the plane at two? And then whatever complications happen, we can still make that two o'clock flight instead of trying to really crunch down, say, oh, at 8 a.m., the flight's going to take off type thing, right? So, Yeah, I know. I'd be on it. Mm-hmm. Eight? What do you mean eight? Can I get any earlier? <laughs> I want to be out of. I want to be in the back country. Like eight. I want to relax even before we start. Uh, <laughs> see you there. I don't want to rush, rush, <laughs> rush, rush. It's vacation. Yeah, vacation in the back mm-hmm. country. I don't need the autobahn into the back country. You should do. <laughs> so Willow's carrying her own food. Yeah, Mike says it's a twenty-pound pack. Yeah. Now, she's a 70-pound dog. That's a lot of and weight. And apparently, the guideline is 20 to 30% of the dog's weight max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, 20 pounds for 11 days. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all dry kibble, right? But we'll see how she does. If uh, I, I'm willing to carry some of her kibble to give her some weight saving. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind carrying extra. Well, weight. she's only carrying it on a portage, right? Only the portage. It's yeah. not all day long. It's just so a it's little. Not, that's yeah. not a big deal, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. And as she goes along, it'll be way less and less mm-hmm. the more she eats. Yeah. So <laughs> she eats all 20 pounds the first day. <laughs> it's funny because the, the pack is right above her, her shoulders. Yeah. And so it, early on in the trips, there's a couple times where you're going down a hill. And uh, I've seen her come to a stop and she's like balancing on her front legs. Her hind legs are hovering in the air because there's so much weight <laughs> on her shoulders. And she's like, she's head heavy. Just waiting and to so go she's, over. And it's like, is she going to go over? Or, oh, no, no. Her butt's starting to lower. There it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, safety gear, helmets and throw bags. Yes, those of are course. coming with, of course. Yeah. Helmets, safety, all the whistles, everything that you that you're supposed to have for uh, for water. Like, there's not. I don't think any of us are bringing any uh, like you know uh, 
dry suits or anything like that. It's 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 yeah, summer. It's going to be warm. It's going to be, be nice. The water's going to be fine. So yeah. it's just going to be your basic whitewater uh, fun gear, right? Plus, uh-huh. we're going to have GPSs. My, I have my uh, Zaleo, and uh, Mike has his uh, spot, and uh, somebody's got a Garmin. Yeah, I don't know who has a Garmin. Does Martin have a Garmin? I don't know. Maybe, but there's going to be quite a few. Uh, yeah. I guess, we could, I guess we could save weight that way. It's like, okay, we don't need six devices. <laughs> well, each, realistically, if you want to look at it, each canoe should have a each device. Each canoe should have a device. Because yeah. if you get separated. Yeah, right? absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, and that's what's going to be. So, there's going to be uh, there's going to be at least four, I think, devices. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully so, you guys are good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the weather's good. No bugs aren't too bad. Yeah. I mean, it's August, It's right? August. So, it's just be skeeters. giant horse flies that take a thumb off or something, yeah. right? Awesome. <laughs> as long as you're... Uh, are you guys bringing a bug shelter? No, I don't believe we are. Nah. No, it's... Uh, we're trying to pare down the weight, right? Yeah. So I... They're I, heavier than I, I, I have thought. I have been tempted, and I'm, I still need to talk to Mike about it, but uh, see, if I bring my uh, my bug shelter, like, all six of us could sleep in that bug shelter. Right? And I've done that yeah. on trips before. With like six people, though? Uh, Yeah. I, th- I think it would work. It'd be tight, but uh, I know, like, I've done it with uh, three, and uh, me, Mike, and the dog did it uh, up in uh, Tomogamy. We it was uh, we we did uh, a Tomogamy loop with just the bug shelter for a tent, no tent, just the mm-hmm. bug shelter. So it's it's uh, it's actually nice, and you got a nice view at night, especially when but the wind starts up. pouring rain. We were in hammering down pouring rain. So the bug shelter, you can feel a little bit of splash through the mesh, but it's not oh, too it's bad. Oh, six people, though. Yeah, you'd be have people pretty close to yeah. the edge. Yeah. yeah. So, awesome. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be good. I'm excited. Time to get away from work. Gotta like that. Let my blood pressure lower a bit. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're heading up to uh, Algonquin for three days, so... Looking forward to that. Yeah. Should be fun. So you're going to Divorce Lake? We are going across Divorce Lake again. <laughs> we'll see how that works. That's Tea Lake for everybody else. Out yes. There. Uh, North Tea Lake. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Oh, we, got a, we got a whole lot of things here. Just as a little quick little thing. A group of paddleboarders enjoyed a tour in Wallingford, which is west of London in, in the UK. Themed around murder mysteries. There's a company, Blue Lemon Paddleboarding. Now, this is sort of a niche little thing. you got to be into this. Bob was killed in the harbor with a paddleboard? Pretty much. Uh, run over by a, a tanker. <laughs> Blue Lemon Paddleboarding hosted a tour of Agatha Christie's hometown via the water. Exploring some of the filming locations for episodes of the TV series Midsummer Murders, um, featuring DCI Tom Barnaby. I don't know what that means. DCI is Detective Constable something. It's uh, it's a rank. Ah, okay. Uh, So, yeah, the tour started at the Boathouse Pub, continued up the Thames alongside Castle Meadows, where paddleboarders could see the ruins of the Anglo-Saxon castle before re- uh, returning to the pub. But if you're into that, like the Agatha Christie stuff and whatnot, and touring her where it was all filmed and seeing some of the sets, uh, places where they were located, that'd be kind of cool. But this is a pretty neat idea for fans of other shows that have uh, are filmed next to water. This could be a business idea. Mm-hmm. Anything we can think of around here? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun. Well, if it's something, I mean, you know, like, sorry, Star Wars wasn't filmed near water, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> it was actually in a desert at one point, so that's totally the other direction. <laughs> but, but yeah. What was that one off where everybody dies? It's a. Uh, <laughs> where everybody rogue, died? Rogue. Rogue One. Rogue One? Yeah. yeah. That was off water. Yeah. 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 A couple of spots. Yeah. Anyways, DCI is uh, Detective Chief Inspector. Oh, Detective Chief Inspector Tom Barnaby. So you, you can tell by my question that I didn't actually watch her show. <laughs> I'm not a big Agatha Christie <laughs> Midsummer Murders fan. I don't have a, I don't belong to the fan club or 
card-carrying member or anything like that. <laughs> I just thought it was a pretty cool idea. But these things are common nowadays. They do a lot of these murder mystery stuff. Like, it's murder mystery dinner or murder... They have, like... Everybody participates. Yes. Yeah. It's a themed meal or it's a themed, like, museum tour or something, right? And it's, like, murder mystery and, you know, some of the museum tours, it's like somebody dies and so oh, there's a body in the, in the Egyptian check section of the museum and whatever. So it's a little murder mystery. It's like it an after was- Hours. Derek <laughs> with the paddle in the boathouse. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> it sure wasn't in the library. <laughs> <laughs> I need to admire all the books I haven't read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was admiring all the books he hadn't read. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, you heard about the humpback whale down in Plymouth? Yes. We were, we were talking about that this week at work and... And so, like we were talking about, you know, there, there's the the kayaker that uh, got uh, swallowed by a whale a couple not, years not back. Not quite swallowed, but yeah, it was, everybody just it was says swallowed. Stuck, it was, he was stuck in the whale's yeah. mouth. It was like the paddle goes flying off, and the whales out in the middle of the ocean <laughs> sound like a cat hacking up a hairball. Yeah. Out comes a kayak. But you do see it occasionally where the whale comes up for a breach, and uh, they land on a sailboat or a paddle boat mm-hmm. or a kayak, or it's like, oh, that's a lot of animal. Like I, I've seen. I saw a video there two weeks ago where it was a uh, some kind of speedboat, and uh, the whale came up and it landed right on top of the speedboat. It wasn't moving at the time, and all of the canopy and the bimini up top was all crushed down, and they had to tow the boat away because the helm was broke free. And it's like, whoa! I hope the whale's okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, everybody's sitting on the boat. Suddenly, there's like you know several uh, tons of <laughs> whale. whale falling from this guy. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> so, I guess this is how I die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, after a humpback whale breached and landed on a small boat off Plymouth, state environmental officials are urging boaters, kayakers, and paddleboarders to use extreme caution in the area. There's three juvenile humpback whales that have been in a feeding frenzy off Plymouth in recent weeks. They follow schools of fish to the popular boating and recreation de- uh, destination. Mm-hmm. So all the little feeding fish that come through there all head to where everybody's paddling. And the whales just go, well, if the fish are going that way. Eh. <laughs> I can almost picture a cartoon where, you know, some kind of Finding Nemo type of cartoonist, uh, the, all the... All the juvenile whales are like squealing and tearing around, chasing fish, and the parents yelling at them, calm down, calm down, you're going to land on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) It's all fun and games. (laughs) Uh, Whales near uh, boats in Plymouth has led to some close encounters with humans, including the breach onto a 19-foot boat. Oops. Massachusetts Environmental Police and the Department of Fish and Games Division of Marine Fisheries are advising all mariners operating vessels or personal watercraft, such as kayaks and paddleboards, to use extreme caution near Plymouth. Um, the young whales are engaged in physically active feeding behavior that is very unpredictable while feeding in the shallow area on highly abundant schooling forage fish that also attracts striped bass. This creates a safety hazard for both whales and humans. So there were no reported injuries after the humpback whale landed on the boat, and there was apparently no major damage to the vessel. Hmm. Whatever that boat was made out of, I wish they'd make my toaster out of that. <laughs> my vacuum boat? cleaner or my dryer. Because, yeah. <laughs> man, to have a whale land on it and yeah. not major damage. I know, right? Woo! That's something. <laughs> it was a it was a glancing blow. Whale colliding with a boat or personal watercraft can cause damage to the vessel, physical injury to the whale, and potentially serious injury or death to humans. Shallow water and presence of encroaching vessels along with the young age of the animals may increase the unpredictability of their behavior. It's illegal to uh, harass marine mammals under the Federal Marine Mammal Protection Act. And I think it's something... I know it's New Zealand. I saw something in New Zealand that even if, like, the, the whales and stuff and dolphins and everything else approach you, you're not supposed to reach out and pet. No. They say don't touch them. Yeah. I think that's uh, that they can be there. You can be there while mm-hmm. they're circling around you. But the minute you touch, you're I think in you're in violation. Yeah. 
so that may be here as well. Harassment includes any act of pursuit, torment, or annoyance that can injure or disrupt the feeding behavior of the animal. They recommend the boater stay at least 100 feet away from whales and take precautionary approach given the whale's unpredictable unpredictable <laughs> behavior and the potential safety hazards. Uh, boaters should stay clear of light green bubble patches from humpbacked whales. Yes. These are subsurface bubbles before whales lunge to feed. We saw one of those National Geographic type shows. Mm-hmm. About the whales feeding. And they all do these big... Sur- it's a whole... Well, they build a f- bubble wall. Bubble wall. Like yeah. this, this tunnel. And all the fish are forced up. Yeah. And then when all the... It's going really good and all the four... They're in this giant ball of, yeah. of fish. All the whales just... Come straight, straight up underneath. With their mouths, mouths wide open. open and Yeah. It's and really cool to watch. Yeah. So if you're swimming, scuba diving, or kayaking the ocean and see all these bubbles coming up... You might want to get away from the bubbles. Yeah, don't follow the fish. <laughs> that giant ball of fish that you're thinking, hey, that'd be cool. I'd be part of the school of yeah. fish. Yeah, maybe not. Not, not a good idea. <laughs> Oops. So that happened. <laughs> um, came across an article from the Toronto Sun. Now, we've had uh, Tim Horton's Camp Day was recently. Yes. Where you buy your... Um, coffee or whatever and you can donate a couple bucks get a wristband but the money goes to send, help send kids, kids camp. to camp yeah. and stuff like that the Toronto Star uh, Toronto's big newspaper one of their newspapers here they have the Fresh Air Fund which basically does the same thing mm-hmm. helps fund kids going to, to camps and camps uh, day camps and summer camps did you ever go to summer camp? I never did no. no I know a lot of people that did I grew up in the country so yeah I see, that's, that's it I know a lot of people that Grew up in Toronto, have been to summer camps, mm-hmm. and they say awesome. Yeah, I know a lot of people that canoe with now that you know they say, oh yeah, we went to summer camps, and yeah, I know people that work at summer camps. Uh, so he goes on about when he was a kid and what it was like going to summer camp and the paddling and stuff, and you know you think, oh yeah, we're going to go to summer camp, we're going to do arts and crafts and some sports and do 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 do. But he said summer camp provides the ultimate lesson in working with what you have. If you don't bring it with you and you can't make it, then you'll have to do without. But it isn't just about deprivation. It's also about sparking creativity and resourcefulness. Camp is the anti-Amazon. In a world where instant gratification is only a tap Mm, or two and next day delivery away, summer camp provides the ultimate lesson in working with what you have. Um, I think we go through these things here where people don't realize... I am outside the window looking in the kitchen or something like that, or, <laughs> or I'm in the kitchen and somebody's out on the porch with, with their phone in one hand and their credit card in the other hand. <laughs> it's like way, and people, even at work, like all of a sudden they're, the, the, the delivery guy will show up and it's like Amazon this, Amazon that. And you're <laughs> like, wow. Uh, it says, he says, when I was a kid, I remember going on a canoe trip without a sleeping pad. Instead of fretting over cold, sleepless nights, I told my tent mates I didn't need one. They were all so impressed with how hardcore that was that every one of those nine-year-olds slept on the ground for a whole week and bragged about it to the entire camp upon our return. <laughs> over the years, I've been on trips where we forgot tent pegs. Sticks work perfectly well. Yep. The grill. We got really good at making pot hangers from logs and re- replacing them before they burned through. And even toilet paper leaves in moss. Yep. So it isn't just about deprivation. It's about sparking that creativity and that resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. And it, start, it, it can start when the kids are young at, at summer camp. There's nothing like getting a group of teens together to paddle and portage for weeks at a time away from the city, away from parents, and away from peer pressure and social standing. That's huge. I witnessed quiet kids turn to blabbermouths. Tough kids admit vulnerability, and insecure kids find their inner strength they didn't know they had. And a lot of it came from making our own fun. And this is what, this is one. I mean, Kevin Callan talks about this sort of thing: getting them out mm-hmm. into the back country and on canoe trips and and stuff. And 
and everybody finds a different version of themselves out there. Yeah, it levels the playing field. It's there's there's no more status and whatever. You're just everybody's just out there in the dirt and and trying to make the best of uh, being away from electronics, being away from the hubbub of, of city life mm-hmm. and town life and whatever, right? He says, once we were paddling, came a, we came across a huge white slopes of sand towering several stories above the waterline. After a long discussion about the tensile strength of our <laughs> canoes, oh, I'm sure we've had these conversations, we dragged them up and tobogganed down, crashing into oh, wow. the river like a ton of bricks. <laughs> Apparently the canoes were fine. <laughs> Another time after weeks of rain, we were so cold and miserable, we boiled pot after pot of water dumped them into a canoe, beached beside the river. After several hours of this, we stripped down and took a nice, long, warm bath, soaking up and making bubbles. Ah, cool. Turning your canoe into a bathtub. Into a hot tub. Limited resources for creativity. One trip, we couldn't pack gear for every eventuality, but we did figure out how to adapt our gear in unexpected ways. When portaging around a waterfall, we noticed that a branch of the river was cascading over smooth rock in a perfectly clear layer about three centimeters deep. It was a natural water slide, and we were determined to make the best of it. We inverted our life jackets, put them on like diapers, and with thick layers of foam padding protecting our butts, we slid down nature's, <laughs> natu- nature's natural slip and slide every which way for hours. Cool. We learned you don't need special equipment to get the job done. Let's ensure as many kids as possible get to learn what it's like to go without Amazon for a few weeks this summer. And I, I mean, the whole thing was basically just uh, donate to Toronto Star's Fresh Air Fund. Yeah. Uh, which you can go online and find out how to do that. It is a good cause. And like I say, Tim Horton's camp day, I go through, I get my, my coffee, throw a couple of shekels their way and get a couple of wristbands and uh, hopefully help some kids get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, I find it peculiar that they keep comparing it to the Amazon life as opposed to like YouTube and video games. Mm-hmm. I wonder why they've they've chose that that way of of kind of comparing it. Yeah, I don't know, but mm. but it, yeah, it's the same. It's it's yeah. well, instant gratification, right? Yeah, you, you want to see something on mm-hmm. the internet, just click, 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 yeah. click, sort of thing. So I think it's the anti-internet. But yeah, you know, it gets people it gets them away from the electronics. It gets yes. them out away yep. from the YouTubes and the, the video games and yeah. buying stuff online. I think that's sort of where the the parallel is. is yeah. You're buying stuff. You don't have to buy it. You can yeah. make it. And if you can't make it, then you, you just do without it. Yeah, if you talk about it that way, yeah. Yeah. So. um, You watch sports. Mm, yeah. I watch the Olympics. I watch hockey because that's what my wife watches. That's the NHL. Yeah, yeah. And there's like the CFL up here in Canada, the NFL down in the States. Mm. There's my favorite, which is the EPL over in England. Uh-huh. Premier League soccer, baby. <laughs> Gunners. Gunners? Arsenal. Yeah, there's a long story with that one. I think I've mentioned <laughs> it. Now, there is the KFL. Yeah. Yep, brand spanking new. And what would that be? It would be the Kayak Fishing League. The Kayak Fishing the League. The Kayak Fishing the League. The KFL. Nonprofit organization that organizes a nationwide team-based kayak fishing league. Fishing League's mission is to further the sport of kayak Kayaking. fishing using team format. They also work with communities and promote great stewardship of other recreational fishing resources. League consists of men and women who enjoy and participate in the sport of kayak fishing. Okay, so your finger is just, okay, whatever, everybody, it's just like regular bass fishing derby. Everybody gets out in their kayak, they fish, come back, whoever gets the biggest wins, right? No, there's team structure here. Anglers form or are selected for teams. Teams may include primary anglers and a limited number of alternates. I was watching one video and the guy says, you know, like, depending on people's lives, if they got four people go out that, you know, each week, four people are supposed to go out. If somebody, you know, your grandpa died, I got to go to a funeral, you get one of your alternates to sub in for them. Okay. Sort of thing. So there's limited number of alternates. Uh, each team must have a manager who solicits sponsors and communicates with KFL and relays relevant information to the team members. 
KFL places teams in regional tournament divisions that compete for prizes and advancement. Uh, the teams compete in a bracket-style tournament with home-and-away events against other teams in their regions. We'll get into that in a minute. Hmm. KFL tournaments use an online tournament management system for angler submissions in a catch-photo really? release format. So if you catch a ma- monster fish, mm-hmm. click, click, take the picture, submit click, it, click, and you can trick. release the fish. Hmm. Uh, they didn't say whether they got to take measurements and all that sort of yeah. stuff or not, but you'd think they, they would have to. KFL will stream live every game day no. on YouTube and Facebook as well as on Motion Sports Network. Yes, you can follow the action from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Saturday live with your Roku or Amazon Fire accounts on the Motion Sports Network. Wow. Thanks, man. (laughs) (laughs) As teams advance, they qualify for latter rounds of the tournament. KFL season concludes with a championship event. Uh, so the KFL oversees the rules, team scheduling, event judging, approving transaction of each team, as well as distributing any league income from sponsorships and or any income derived that is revenue shared agreement between KFL and its sponsors. So this is becoming a money thing. Yeah. KFL reserves the sole right to discipline any player and or team that in its actions may or may uh, may not be in the best interest of the overall league and causes damage to the league itself. Which I would think if a team's well, out really there... They're taking themselves seriously, eh? They're taking themselves seriously. KFL consists of a commissioner, director of operations, director of marketing, and director of media. There is the northern and southern conferences. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 13 teams within three divisions in each uh, in the Northern Conference. 15 teams within three divisions in the Southern Conference. Northern Conference has teams such as the Alabama Hammers, Tennessee Shriners, Rhode Island Rebels, and the Pennsylvania Bronzebacks. Southern Conference has teams such as Deep South Kraken, Tar Heel Lunkers, Virginia Reapers. That sounds like a chili pepper. Mm -hmm. And the Florida Copperheads, which I do believe is one of the better teams. They have standing, schedule, stats, you name it. It's all on their their website, (laughs) kflfishing.com. This is, like you say, if if you picture the football league, you'd think it's a joke. But no, they're quite serious about it. And like you say, they're, 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 they're... Live streaming it every day, every Saturday, the the whole meal deal. It's so strange. Yeah. Huh. Sounds intriguing. It does. Need a, I'm going to have to watch it. Now, there is a, I'm not sure if it's an Ontario or Canadian, I think it's an, there is an Ontario one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's as big. As like, big as I this? mean, this is right across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, <laughs> yeah, I mean, woo, that's, uh. Quite the thing. You're going to have to check it out and watch uh, maybe this uh, maybe this Saturday. Googling it right now. You're going to Google it right now. (laughs) But, yeah, the KFL, the Kayak Fishing League. So if you want to – I wonder if they'll they'll accept Canadian entries into their league. Well, you'd have to be a routine member of the league. Well, you can't just show up as a lark. No, but you'd have to put together a team and join it because if they've gone through all this sponsors and everything, that's what I'm saying. Like you look at their shirts and everything like that, and it's just like a the Bass Pro Tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It, 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 you would swear they were doing the Bass Pro Tour. Wow! But it's look in a, at a, picture, a team, team pictures now. format. Like these guys are all advertising on their jerseys, and yeah, this is a real meal deal thingy here. This is strange. So strange. See, and that's like you let it go for a couple of years, and then you let the Canadians come in, <laughs> and then it'll become just like basketball. Yeah. Sorry, we can't let the championships go to the Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> KFLfishing.com. Check it out. This is crazy. I know, eh? There's a lot of people that are like hard. I mean, we, we've talked about the guys doing the big marlin fishing yeah, yeah, yeah. and tuna fishing and shark fishing and 
everything fishing from kayaks. They like, run out of fish. <laughs> apparently, all the kayaks are getting them now. Uh, got one more thingy here. Do you? I got one more thingy. Idaho. Idaho. A woman was rescued from the south fork of the Snake River near Fall Creek, Idaho, after jumping off her small inflatable kayak. Well, what happened? A family member found the empty kayak and advised the woman on it had not been seen for over 30 minutes. She told she called the search and rescue. Bonneville County Sheriff's deputies, search and rescue, dive and drone teams all responded. Along with Idaho Fish and Game, Idaho State Police, Swan Valley Fire, wow. and Idaho Falls Fire Ambulance stationed in Swan Valley. Like, everybody... Everybody and their brother showed up yeah. to look for this woman. And they as, found her. As first responders arrived, a fishing game officer and an Idaho State Police trooper enlisted the help of a citizen flying a drone in the area and located the victim approximately half a mile upstream. They were able to recover the victim by boat and take her to an awaiting ambulance at the Spring Creek boat ramp where she was treated for mild hypothermia, uh, hypothermia sy- symptoms. Victim told deputies she had become separated from the rest of the party down a different channel after being caught in a current and unable to swim out of it. At that point, the victim jumped from the kayak to avoid three moose in the channel. <laughs> so <laughs> her day was just going from bad to so there worse. You go. She actually uh, had to leave her kayak because she had, yeah, she was the the kayak was heading straight for three moose. I gotta think at this time of year it would have been Mama and a couple of. Yeah, Young ones, a couple of calves, yeah. Which definitely you do not want to oh, be you there. You don't want to, yeah. Uh, floated downstream until she could get to the nearest bank of an island in the river. None of the parties floating together were wearing life jackets or were familiar with the strong currents and dangers in the river. <laughs> that is not good. No. At all, at all. Uh, that's the, uh, they went on, the article went on to total, took a total yeah. turn into all the health and safety and what you should be doing. And, uh, when you're going on water, making sure you're wearing this, making sure you got that, making sure you got this, that and all, it was a massive safety. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, that'd be, could you imagine going like, oh, I can't get out of this, can't get out. And then all of a sudden you look up and there's three, you're just hammering down this <laughs> fast <laughs> water moose. toward these big three moose. <laughs> Cause you know, part of me would be thinking. Well, if I just lay down on this kayak, <laughs> maybe they won't. And maybe see me. just sail right under one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sort of like maybe they won't notice I'm there, yeah. <laughs> or I'll just get horribly trampled. But uh, I guess that was her her thought, and she yeah. jumped off. And I remember Gonko one year, me and my wife were we were heading up. I can't remember the lake we were coming off of, but we we're going to portage into Daisy. And, uh, so at the base of the portage, as we approached the shore, it was like a, one of those long curvy trails through, uh, like, uh, plants and whatever. So you could, there's a designated trail, but you had to paddle through it. And, oh yeah. yeah. So anyways, as we were coming up, it's like, oh, well, there's a moose and her, and her calf right there at the portage. So we backed off out into the lake and waited like 45 minutes to an hour. It's like, come on, moose. Well, <laughs> I took Kevin, our IT guy here, our web web guy. Uh, I took him on a trip up into Algonquin. We went all the way up um, to the north end of Opiongo. Yeah. And on the west side of Opiongo, there's a place called Hailstorm Creek. Yes. As you enter Hailstorm Creek, and it's a, it ends, it's a big bay. Mm-hmm. But if you immediately go left, there's a stream yep. that goes. So we decided we'd take that. Dead ends. Okay, well, turn around. Between when we went up the river and when we turned around and came back, Mama Moose and two calves oh. were blocking us in. And we they were slowly making their way to the mouth of the, the little creek there. And we had to sit there and wait and wait and wait. And we're like, oh, come on. <laughs> but on the other hand, we saw Mama and two calves for... 
quite a long. It was, it was pretty, cool to see. It was yeah. a cool thing. It's to cool see. to watch. Yeah. But when you got a timeline, it's like, uh. <laughs> well, we didn't really have a timeline, but we. Were, I've got video because after we got out of there, uh, we went into the bay, and this was June. Yeah. Uh, they say hailstorm. Cre- I don't know whether it's still to this day, but at the time, this would have been the n- late nineties. Uh, at the time, Hailstorm Creek was the highest concentration of moose in North America. Mm, I've heard that. I've got yeah. video of so many moose. Like I'm just doing this circle around the bay and counting them off, and then they're going and they're swimming across in front of us and. It was like the bears had a picnic, but they were moose. <laughs> it was phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. But you had to put up with all the black flies and mosquitoes. Yeah. And everything. It, it was horrible bug-wise, but it was an experience, uh, especially Kevin, because he's never been out. Yep. I think that that may have been his first trip I took him Oh, on. yeah? That may have been the first canoe trip he was on, and that was his reward. Seeing all the moose. Seeing all the moose. <laughs> that was the trip where he's not used to that kind of fresh air, like that much, because we were gone for a week. He wasn't used to that kind of fresh air, that kind of portages, because the one going from Opiongo into Happy Isle, that's over a kilometer long. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's when I had the big green freighter canoe. Oh, okay. Right? That thing was like 100 pounds. It's a lot of work. So you're port- I'm port- well, I'm portaging that. He attempted, but I I portaged that, touched that. But then you got the gear as well. And yep. Those are the days where we didn't care. We just packed as heavy as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we were bringing every luxury known to mankind. <laughs> if we were going for a week, we we're going to be covered. Yeah. It's not like we were doing massive trips everywhere with all our gear. Basically, we did a base camp and then day trips out everywhere. Yep. So, um. But on the way back, we decided, because we took the shuttle up to the end of- The Opiongo shuttle? The Opiongo yep. shuttle up to the north end when we went in. But coming out, we decided we'd take the four hours and paddle out. Ah. And we were about three quarters of the way yeah. back. And it had been a great weekend. We'd seen so much. We paddled everywhere, fishing, uh, the whole get, like, if if- I don't think I could have given him a better first canoe trip mm-hmm. if I had tried. And you can tell he was tired that last day. <laughs> so we're about three quarters of the way out and we're talking and, you know, it gets to the, what are you looking forward to when we get out? And it was, oh, I, th- I, I could go for a good burger, nice juicy <laughs> burger and a nice cold shake. Because, you know, you're not getting cold yeah. drinks while you're in there, right? And chatting, so we're chatting. And I asked him a question. And he's uh, just sort of mumbling. And next thing you know, he's holding his paddle, but it's tapping off the water. Yeah. Like it's dragging <laughs> off the surface of the water. He's, <laughs> he fell asleep while paddling. S- fell asleep <laughs> sitting up in a canoe. <laughs> he was so tired. And he's paddling. And then just dozed off. Wow. And I was like, just do, do, do. It's got to be one of the best things I've ever seen. You know, he, he got his money's worth out of yeah, that, that absolutely. Trip, yeah. You know, that's, that's one of my best trips, you know, uh, that I've, I've ever done is taking, taking someone out and, you know, and a good buddy. I mean, yeah. we were best men at each other's weddings. We'd known each other since first day of college and, and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, he'd never done anything like that before. Yeah. And, and I said, oh, we'll go do that. Could have turned out any better, <laughs> but that was just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Awesome. Sound asleep. Um, I think that's all I've got this week. Except for a phone on the ground. (laughs) Uh, You got anything else? I've got nothing. All right. Well, I'll see you next week, apparently. (laughs) Apparently. I'm going on a trip (laughs) this weekend. Going to see. Hopefully, the weather is fine. Yes. Hopefully, Divorce Lake is kinder to us this week. Mind you, we are heading to Manitou, so we will be going skirting the northern side of the lake. Okay, yeah. So we won't be having to take that southern side and getting those waves straight in our face. We'll be getting them from the side instead this time. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, <laughs> North Tea is nicer. Calm, nicer. Going in and out. It's supposed to rain on the Mondays. So. Oh, okay. But you're going to be heading out on Monday early probably. Well, maybe not too early, but early yeah. enough. You know, 
No sense rushing because you're going to get stuck in that stop but it's raining. traffic all the way. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, if it's raining, yeah, probably pack up and start the trip because there's only mm-hmm. a couple. There are, you know what? There's, I think, three small portages. Nothing massive. Yeah. So. But it's the, it's the big lakes. And yeah. I'm solo paddling my Osprey. Tracy and her friend Jen oh, are. Oh, nice. Paddling. There you me. go. The prospector. Yep. So cool. We shall see if we're still married by then. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, and again, when uh, West Hanson, Jeff Wiesty, and Rebecca Feaster, when they yep. post their tracker for the Northwest Passage Expedition, we yep. will post we'll it. We'll relay and, that uh, link as for everybody to follow, and yeah. uh, and uh, maybe we'll get some updates for them along the way. We'll have to keep an eye on their kayaks because we gave them stickers they were going to put on. Yes, yes, yeah. That's as close as we're ever getting. Yeah. Any. <laughs> <laughs> Our stickers went through Our the Northwest Passage. Isn't that bad? Our <laughs> stickers are going on better trips than we are. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download our stream episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, you can listen, uh, stream, or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy our podcast, please share it with family, friends, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>